You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. I'm on size natural and basketball tool. Hello, folks. Welcome back to, to Free Speech. We're here at uh, Stand Up New York Labs in the Upper West Side. And my guest today, I'm very lucky to have him. His name is Dante Nero, but he, he does a show called The Beige Phillips Show. Yes. Which is a, a relationship show that focuses from a masculine perspective. Yes. Yeah. And you've had a very storied past. Yeah. Um, kind of a ghetto Past. Yeah, a little bit of that. I mean, I went to college too, so I mean, it's a little bit of both. You experienced the gamut. Yeah, yeah, everything. Um, Dante was a pimp for a while. He uh, did pit fighting. He was also a stripper. Uh, uh, did you ever go to jail? No, actually, I never went to jails, which kind of my claim to fame that I was able to do a lot of illegal stuff and not go to jail. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pimping must be a pretty serious charge. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, it, it's weird because I, I got turned. I, I was actually a male stripper for for eleven years. Um, probably one of the top male strippers, black male strippers, anyway, on the East Coast for about eleven years. I, they had, uh, um, and I started managing. And I was managing a strip club, and right around the time when uh, Rudy Giuliani was mayor. Mm -hmm. uh, he had passed that. He had he was uh, the attorney general for the South Street Seaport where he put all those guys unconstitutionally in jail through the by way of the RICO law. Okay, I don't know if you remember. And what that. were they doing down by the docks? Well, they you know it was a lot of organized crime and stuff going on, and he used the, had the RICO law used the RICO law to lock all of these guys up, which a lot of which is what kind of made him the top cop or the top. A, you know, prosecutor at the time, which catapulted him into his mayoral ship right after that, which a lot of people don't know that a lot of those those um, those cases against the organized crime were overturned because they were unconstitutional. But they, he did have the right guys. He did have bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would imagine so. It just but I mean, you know, you still got to do it the right way. Right. Or otherwise you didn't do it the right way. You right. Know? So, um. But the RICO law became this whole kind of thing where um, that's when the whole 42nd Street started to change. He started changing 42nd Street and turning everything off. But it was also, he had a heavy vice at one time comedy clubs. If you had an adult business, a peep show or strip club, 40% uh, of the business had to be of other business. So you had a lot of strip clubs who were opening up comedy clubs Wow. In a portion that was a short period of time with when Julian. So, so you had to have it had to be a 40 60 split between regular business and adult business. Is that that must be an old law because this this history of comics in strip sure, clubs sure. goes way back, right? Sure, the whole blue thing about the comics doing jokes before the strippers between the strippers and stuff like that. And uh, but it, this was like total, total separate businesses. But what uh, Rudy started doing. He Vice used to run into strip clubs, and they there was a, even there was a, a distinction of how far a woman could be away from your face. There was all <laughs> kinds of stuff that they were. And I had a it was a strip club in in Brooklyn that I managed. Somebody asked me to manage, and the girls would actually fuck in the back of the the strip club. They would, you know, like pull a G-string to the side and fuck you in the strip club. So what Chris Rock says, there's, there's no sex in the champagne room. Absolutely wrong. There's always been <laughs> sex what in the What was this club? Uh, it was called the Cheetah Club. 
on okay. uh, in, on right on Flatbush Extension on Farragut and Glenwood Road, right right in Flatbush, not too far from Brooklyn College. Was it mostly black? Uh, yeah, more black and Latino. And um, these, so I was fighting with these girls every day, telling them stop fucking in the club. We're gonna get us closed <laughs> down. And then it just kind of light bulb went off, and I was like, Bing! Wow, they clearly they want to fuck for money. So why don't I just organize this outside of the club? That's fascinating. Because when I first heard you were a pimp, I thought, I don't like that. Right. Because when I think of pimps, I think of slaves. I think of women addicted to drugs, getting the shit kicked out of them, and fucking all day and giving money to someone else. It seems well, to me like abuse, but... You, you know, it's a funny thing. I mean, I think that that is definitely an aspect of, of that whole pimp game, but you have to... Uh, it's funny that like, somebody would say... Uh, you know, women are being forced to do this, and, I, and I'm not saying that that doesn't uh, that doesn't happen. And I also want to say that even in the context I'm not anymore, and because ethically I had a problem with it, was why. So it was something that I did, and I learned things from it, and I've moved on because ethically I just couldn't handle it in my own head, even what I was doing, which wasn't the drugs and the pain. But women, there are if you have a a, a, a stable of women. You don't want to have a woman who doesn't want to fuck because it just makes yours. It just makes the whole thing more difficult. Are they brainwashed or just the most submissive people in the world? No, I, there's women who want to make money on their back. I mean, and nobody wants to say that, especially with the feminist movement run, running amok. Right. Nobody wants to say that a woman wants to make money on her back, and that's not. And I'm not saying that there's not victims in that, but I'm saying that there are women who would rather make money on their back than not. Definitely, but I guess it comes down to the cut. And in the old 70s pimp, fine, foxy sure, mama days, sure, sure, that sure. was 0%. 0%. But if, if we're talking like it, she gets 80, you get 20, it's hard to say that's unethical. Sure. I mean, what it, was your cut? Uh, I, about 70, 30. Uh, it was a little steep. But you I get mean, 70, they get but 30. But I also took care of the housing and the food, and I managed everything. And and I also, when somebody put their hand on them, I was the one that had to go fight a enforce guy, choke it, a guy, yeah. and, and enforce it. Could they quit if they wanted sure, to? Sure, sure. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing. It's, because, it's funny because the, the whole introduction of drugs into the whole pimp game was a thing that kind of it w was a way to manipulate and to control, but, which I never really could understand that because uh, I could always find some. I never had a problem finding somebody who wanted to fuck for money, who wanted to make money while fucking. And what was interesting was that if I had somebody who didn't, I didn't want her in the stable because all she was going to do was create a mutiny amongst yes. the girls. It, it, it's, you know, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch. Right. But there is a manipulation aspect of it in terms of attraction, and you have to make them love you. They're supposed to be dependent upon you. But in order to do that, there has to be a level of credibility in an unethical context right what i mean is if i'm saying you can't have sex with anybody unless it's for money then i can't have sex with anybody unless it's for money meaning or you look like a hypocrite or something right well i mean the 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 credibility of the pimp is what makes the girl stay wow so i can't just see some go to a party see some cute girl and i 
you know, let's let's hang out and go for coffee and then fuck whatever. It has to be in the context of adding her on to the the, the stable or um, that ultimately she has to be prospectively interested in what we're doing. Otherwise, I'm otherwise otherwise I lose my credibility because how can I ask you to only have sex in the context of money? Exchange of money if I don't do the same. But how do you find, as a dude, how do you find women that want to pay for sex? Oh, I don't have find women that want to pay for sex. I'm saying, if I'm if I'm sleeping with a woman or if I'm wooing a woman, she it my intention is to bring her into the the, the, the pimp game into the game. Oh, okay. But I thought you were saying that you, if you fuck... Oh, I see. So when you're fucking, it's like working with a potential client. You're trying to get a customer. Right. Unless it's in the context of somebody that's already in the game and we have this relationship amongst ourselves anyway. So can you tell us how to turn a bitch out? Uh, you know what's, what's funny? Yeah, I actually can. Um, it's... Uh, I, I think it, it, it's the same way that you get a girl to love you is you read and anticipate what her needs are and then you give it to her what her needs are not necessarily what her wants are uh. you have to be elusive just as much as much as you're accessible you have to be firm as much as you're lenient and flexible you have to be sensitive to what her needs are and kind of read those things which is exactly what uh what my podcast was about because I actually it took I took a job a, a regular nine to five job I worked with the phone company and then I was in a situation where I was dealing with like blue collar guys who were married making one hundred fifty thousand dollars hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars and these guys were asking for permission to go out bowling or to have sex asking for sex and just so it was sometimes women where they would they weren't even working and these guys became this whole this whole cliche of what we see on Ray Romano and King of Queens where these guys are just being run by their women. Right, right. And my background, the principles were the same. The principles are the same no matter what. Um, I just started to apply those principles to relationships. Um, you know, people think of manipulation as always as a negative thing, but you could also say that a teacher manipulates a child into education. Yep. It, it depends on the context of it. And so um, what I think the, the first and foremost thing that I, I think is important is that we don't accept, as cognitive human beings, we don't accept that we're still animals. Right. But we are still animals. Yeah, um, it's been a quarter of a million years we've been practicing this. There's going to be some patterns. That there, form. Uh, it's fear, uh, fear. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a instinctual uh, uh, talent we have to see faces. Like if you look at that plug, you see a face. Yeah. But the reason why we see faces is so when we're looking into when we were running around in the bush and we see a lion's face stalking us we could recognize it and oh, that was wow. our survival things and so the same way that like animals pick alpha males because they have the best dna the, the stronger dna and that's why the species survives our women today still have the the remnants of that that kind of um attraction to alpha males because of it's it's built into our DNA to, to pick the and then then on top of that we have the social contract marriage monogamy um, fidelity whatever those things are that lay above that and 
and I'm not saying that cognitively we can't have those things. I'm just saying that those the animal instinctual drives seeps through that 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 uh, that sexual that's that social contract. Well, so now you're saying monogamy is impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's impossible if you're not aware of those sexual drives that seep through. Right. Like we can, we still have a decision to make. We can still decide to go against the nature of that. But if you're not aware of that being the nature of it, it's probably going to end up popping up in a way where you don't have any control over it. Yeah, I sort of see being married as like being a pedophile. Uh, <laughs> if I was a pedophile and I wanted to fuck kids, right. I would go... Yeah, I recognize that I'm having this desire, but I'm going to rub one out, you know, looking at a drawing of a naked boy or something. Right. I don't want to ruin his life, my life, get right. killed, blah, ruin five lives. Right, right. And similarly, of course I'm attracted to other women, but I got three kids. Right. Uh, it's just not it's worth a, it's a destroying five lives exactly. for ten minutes of Which pleasure. Which is primarily why I stopped pimping in the first place. It was just my understanding of the ethical aspect of destroying other people's lives but are you destroying other people's lives um look i had a situation what made me stop was i had sent a bunch of girls to hang out with a bunch of guys in the poconos they were drug dealers uh-huh and i told them to stay together they didn't stay together one girl went with the head drug dealer at the time and he said look why don't you just stay with me i'll pay you for the whole weekend you could just hang out with me he uh Either got drunk or high, passed out, and then she got raped by oh his my God. crew by a, with, a, with a broken Moet bottle to the net. Now, Jesus Christ. Now, what's interesting is she probably would have fucked all of them and drained everybody's nuts if they had paid her. But and they the, had the money. And they had the money, but they just didn't, and so it was about the control and the violence and everything else. And she ended up really screwed up. She had some problems. She had to be committed. And then she oh. got. And after. And then that, she died. Did you say? No, she didn't. Oh, she didn't okay. die. But after that, I, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I, I, I don't want. I don't even want to be. So like, even if I, I have contacts with female strippers, but if you had a bachelorette party and you called me, for, I wouldn't even give you a number. Like I don't even give a number out anymore. Because okay. I don't want to be, part of the business. That business in that aspect. Right. Right. But the principles that I learned from doing it. I think I've helped a lot of guys out in breakups, in marriages, and so on and so forth because uh, the principles are the same. Well, it's, I'm glad you said that because while these feminists keep telling us that men are the same as women and men are just as strong, you, right. like you can't even say basic medical facts. Right. If you say women have a lower tolerance of alcohol, I said right. that on Fox News once, and, and the woman goes, you can't say that. That's a, a generalization. Right. And I'm like, look it up, there's bitch. A, there's a medical fact. It's just a fucking, you say that to a doctor and he would yawn. Right. And, you know, I was reading another interview recently and this guy who cut his dick and balls off said, the only people who believe in two genders these days are people in the medical community. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what, they're, they're, yeah. That's the flat earth society now? But the thing I wanted to bring up with you is I remember being punk rock and, and into anarchy and all right. this stupid shit. And uh, the most rampant feminists back then always had these fucking biker tough Oh, yeah. Boyfriends. The most alpha dudes The most ever. alpha dude. They didn't yeah. want the ally with yeah. the beard and right. the little sweater who right, wanted right. to help them and was at the rallies with them. They wanted the biker who didn't right. give a fuck about her politics and would tell her to shut up. Right, right. And that's that's really what happens is, is it's a... It, it attraction happens. It's a it's a it's a visceral feeling. It's yes. not something that you can intellectualize. So I say, what attract a woman can have a, a list of all the things she wants in a guy, 
but her pussy tells her who she likes. Yes. So it and it doesn't happen. It's not a thought process. It's it's an emotional process. So I, I mean, and I say some things. I mean, I, I think we're kind of alike, and sometimes we say things that people are, are offended by. But it's truthful. Stay at home dads don't get blowjobs. A woman doesn't work all day. Come home to a guy in a robe and suck his dick. Right. Exactly. And well, you know, they just did a study about that. How. You know, if guys would just do the things that women do, clean up in this, and what they find is that the sex goes down <laughs> because he's doing what they want them to do. Yes. So it's, um, you know, one of the things that I say to guys a lot of times, I have a list of rules, Beige Phillip rules that I have guys follow. Now, all of those rules are always exceptions to the rules, but one, and one of the things I say is a guy is a direct reflection of the woman. Uh, a, a woman is a direct reflection of the man she's fucking. Yep. So if the guy's a bitch, she's going to be a cunt. Yep. And if he's a strong guy who who kind of puts her in her place, then she's sweet. So whenever you, a guy goes, wow, my wife is so sweet, it's because he doesn't tolerate anything less than that. And if he, has, if he does tolerate it, you know, a woman will fall in love with you for everything that you are. She spends the rest of the relationship trying to change you into everything that you're not. If she succeeds, she will dump you for a guy who is what you were when she met you. Yep. I totally agree. But there are exceptions. Like, sure. my wife will say, can you take the kids in? Uh, like, we have to drive them to school. Right. And sometimes she does it sometimes. Whenever she says, can you take it in? I don't question it. Right. I just get in the car and drive them. Sure. Uh, I don't feel like that's being submissive. I ha keep a mental tally of all the yes dears. Yeah. And then when things are getting out of hand, I go, you got to take it down a notch right. here. You're, you're, you've been totally... Uh, out of control all sure. day, nagging me about bullshit. Right. You need to check yourself. Right. Uh, and that's one of the one of the new principles that I talk about is RFF. It's reasonable, fair, firm, and fair. Am I asking something of you that's unreasonable? Um, am I being fair, fair, firm about what makes me happy in my life and whether you're overstepping those bounds? And are you being fair? in terms of what you ask of me. And I think when not, I'm not talking about being an asshole just for the sake of being an asshole, but I think you have to put yourself, you have to put yourself first, your happiness first. Now, what's interesting, when I say that to a man, a lot of times women have a, con but here's what's interesting about that is that as a man, part of you being a man, a credible guy is to take, to provide and take care of your family and know that your woman is happy and know that your kids are happy. Yep. So uh, encompassed in your woman's, in your happiness is also your, the happiness of your woman and your kids, that all of that is encompasses. Encompassed in your woman's happiness is not always your happiness. Right. It is I, this is how I feel at this moment. And that becomes their reality because emotionally, that's what they feel. This is what I need, and I need this instant gratification. And I'm mad because that I don't get that. So it, it's a, in, even in the context of, of being a provider, just knowing that we make sacrifices for our family makes us feel like more of a man. Yep. Knowing that our woman is happy makes us feel like a man. Knowing that our children are well provided for makes us feel like a man. And those in, that is our happiness. When you ask a woman what makes her happy, or if you do everything that makes her happy, you you will not be included in that. You watching the game, you taking a day just to veg out, and you watching porn, none of that happens. It's funny, I, I had a guy who I, I do a little consultation, I do some one-on-one -on -one consultations sometimes, and I had a guy, he says that his girl, um, she, was, uh, she was into women before, 
they got together. She's you know swings both ways and and uh she lucky bastard <laughs> she um but she got with him and then all of a sudden out of the blue she goes you know i really i feel like we should have an open relationship and uh you can sleep with other women but i don't want you i don't want to know about it but i want to start pursuing women that's what she says done <laughs> <laughs> but here's what i said to him your relationship is over yeah and the reason why your relationship is over because a woman never wakes up and says to her husband, you know what you really need? More pussy, a variety of pussy. No. And, and so because of that, I want you to go out and fuck other people. If she's telling you to fuck other people, it's because she wants to do something and she thinks that by allowing you this infraction, she can do what she wants. So it's never a situation where she goes, hey, you know what you need to be, you need, you know, you're probably tired of fucking me. So you should fuck other people. Yeah, it's like a pussy way to dump someone. Exactly. But there's a guy who works here that's in that situation. Really? And he goes, I overheard him talking to another millennial, and he goes, uh, how's your relationship going? He goes, ah, not great. I mean, she said she's not horny anymore, and I can fuck other people, but she doesn't want to have sex. And I'm like, dude. It's over. Me and John have that relationship. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's right. called a right, buddy. Right, 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 right. You're not in a relationship, in a my relationship. friend. Exactly, exactly. Um... And it's it's what what I find is uh, you know one of the things I also say is is a woman gives you know we as men we don't want to argue we want peace and quiet that's what we want yes and so a lot of times we won't have the argument because we don't want we don't want to break the peace and so we'll we'll take the compromise just to have the peace when you have to have the argument the reason why I, I, I want like I say a woman gives you shit to make sure you are the shit. In other words, mm -hmm. there's, we don't, if I want your woman, I don't come and fight you and then take your woman. It doesn't work that way. So what women have kind of subconsciously created is this way, the shit test that they give you. So they push you so that you can go, are you out of your fucking mind? And put them in their place. And then when you put them in their place, then they go, oh, okay, he's, all right. I can't just walk all over him. You know what's worth differentiating here? Just as men and women are different, blacks and whites are different. And in the black community, this I'm going to test your boundaries is all turned up to 10. So whereas a white woman would be like, why you're, you're such a pussy. Go talk to your boss about a wage. A black woman would be more like, what right. you going to do, bitch? R right. Are you going to well, fuck with me right now? But it's it's not different. It's just the degree. Yes, it's, it's turned up. Right, it's just turned up. But it is the same. It's, it's funny because I deal with a lot of uh, a lot of white dudes too who haven't, who don't get laid or don't whatever, and they they don't know how to, you know, because I teach the game and the pickup because it's all the same. It's all in the same context. But it's still the same thing. White women use a lot of times is they'll use the passive aggressiveness to manipulate. Yep. It's a passive aggressive and a kind of backhanded compliments where a woman, a black woman is usually straightforward. You're a pussy, you know, um, yeah. but it all ends up with her fucking your best friend if you don't respond to it. Yeah. Like, so you have to respond to it and you have to be this guy who is the guy who she chooses. You have to show that you do have that what it takes to manage the insanity that is her emotional states that go from situation to situation that creates her reality that ultimately destroys you, the relationship, and her. So that reminds me of something you said a while ago that I thought was really interesting. You said, if a couple gets divorced, it's the man's fault. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, didn't you get divorced? Yes. 
And it so was my fault. It was your fault. It was my fault. Because even when women cheat, yeah. I feel like they were driven to it by the apathy of the Absolutely. husband. Absolutely. And that's why it was that's why it's your fault, even in the context of that. But a woman here's something that a concept it's a little different, but a woman will not leave you because you cheat. She leave what she does is if she she'll leave you, you so you cheat. And then there's this dialogue that goes back on. Now, if you go That'd be a hell of a dialogue. <laughs> right. If you go, baby, baby, please, I'll be better. Right. Uh you what she does is she spends the course of those that dialogue assassinating your character and once she's broken you then she can leave once you are desolate and she's sure that you you believe that she's more important than to to you than she is to you are to her then she'll leave you because there's a few principles at hand Women find men attractive who other women find attractive. If other women find you attractive, other women find you attractive. Women uh, will only date a guy who she thinks is better than her. Now, better is a relative term. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like, Oprah thinks Stedman is better than her. Now, Oprah's worth billions of dollars. Stedman's worth a couple of million. So, clearly, money is not the the indicator. But I always use this... this, uh, Analogy. One day, I'm one day I'm watching. I'm checking out my mom's eighty. I'm watching Oprah with my mom, and she's going. Your to, mom's eighty. Yeah, yeah. I was my my dad was born in 1920. Holy shit! So I was a mistake. <laughs> but um, there Oprah's going to buy white Labrador retrievers. They go to a breeder, mm-hmm. right? And she goes, "Oh, they're so cute. This I want to buy them all, right?" And Stedman goes, "No." you can only have one. And I'm watching this, I'm flabbered. I'm like, somebody tells Oprah, what, no? Then he goes, listen, I'll tell you what, you pick one and I'll pick one and that's it. Now Oprah has enough money to create, buy a private island and make, put Labrador retrievers (laughs) on and call it Labradonia if she wants to and pay people to take care of Labrador retrievers. But here was this guy who is insignificant in terms of media, money, and so on and so forth, but he's the guy who told Oprah what to do. That's interesting. And she, okay, all right, I don't know which one to pick, and she was, okay, this one, and which one are you gonna get? And it was just such a girly thing to see this woman who's such a powerful force to just, that she was reduced to just a little girl. Well, I find that to be a weird example because I thought we all agreed that Oprah was a lesbian with Gail and Stedman was a beard. Well, but if it is a real marriage, then I mean, if, I mean, I mean, this was some time ago. I don't know if that's still the case, but she, you know, here's here's a prime example. Uh, if you can get a fat black woman to to agree that marriage is not important. You got your pimp game is pretty hard. <laughs> She's literally going. Oh, I don't want to get married. Come on, really? You're an overweight older woman who doesn't want to get married. Who, who, who are? What planet do you come from? Yeah. So he has literally created that scenario where she's saying that and believing it. You know. So when the cheating happens, it, there's two principles basically that come into play. Number one, you have proven to her that other women find you attractive because you've you've slept with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've also, here's the difference when, when there's a cheating involved, if a, guy, if a woman cheats on a guy, she, we go, that's that cunt, 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when a woman gets cheated on, she goes, oh, he's a dog. But in her mind, she goes, why was I not woman enough for him? I'm sure that's definitely a factor. But when I think of my wife and I got caught cheating, uh, do you think that, so if, say hypothetically, I cheat on my wife, I get caught. If I have this attitude of what, bitch? Should happen. No, I don't think you can go what. I mean, because you, it, it's all relative to the degree. Okay, so what do I do? You go listen. I it just I I apologize, but it's this is you cite the th- problems that you had that made you cheat, and you go I don't know. What do you want to do? And now if she's going well, I don't I don't want to. Just if she goes, I well, I don't want to be with you, and you go, okay, I understand. It's reasonable that you, because of this, you don't want to be with me. I understand. And that's the end of the marriage. Probably not, because what will usually happen is she'll want to know why you're not fighting for the marriage. Yeah, that that's an interesting point. I know a guy who married a fucking eleven. Mm. She was ten years younger than him, and the marriage fell apart. And he's Mexican, but mm. think of him as a white dude. He's like mm. a rich Mexican kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, he saw her at a party years later, mm-hmm. and she breaks into the bathroom when he's in there, and she has mascara pouring down her face, right. and she goes, "Why didn't you fight for me?" Right. Well, that's it's a, it's a you know we we get that because a woman's value she's looking at whether or not you fight for her, how much she affects your life and when you don't show that you're affected in that way then she doesn't have the closure to move on so here's two principles one that you you have proven you've lowered lowered her self-esteem by cheating mm-hmm. because she's going why didn't why weren't you good enough and you've increased your value because you are you have options because clearly you have options. You have If you didn't have options, you wouldn't be able to cheat. And other women find you attractive in the same context. So it's three things that, that come into play. And so she, ne- in order to leave you, she needs to assassinate your character to make it seem as though you are invaluable, that, you're, that you have no value in her life before she leaves. So you'll find this, the cheating goes on, and then the, the guys, please, 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 and he, she consistently... No, you ain't shit. You just you're a cheater. You're you're a liar. You're this, and then he goes, "I love you. I want us to be together. Let's just work this out." And he fights and fights and fights. And when he's when he has fought enough, that she feels as though wow, he really does love me, then she'll leave him. Interesting. So cheating, you still you're you're in a shitty situation. But your advice is don't be a begging, pleading, please don't forgive me, guy. You're gonna make it worse. Right. If you're in that shitty situation, you should just be calm, quiet, cool, and collected. Do you uh, sleep on the couch that night, or do you sleep in your bed? Do you pay the rent? Yep. Then you don't sleep on the couch. Interesting. I would never sleep on the couch. I I don't understand. I've slept on the couch times when I was so mad at her, I didn't want to sleep in the bed. And that's fine. If that see in the context of you doing what what a man wants to do because he wants to do it, that's fine. You can break that rule. But I'm not going to sleep on the couch and be uncomfortable because you pissed me off. Yeah, I would never be banished to the couch. Right. Yeah. Well, every time I see someone with a Mm one-year-old who's divorced, I just think, fuck you. Mm. What happened, asshole? What, you weren't happy? Right. And I argue with these guys a lot. Uh, Well, what in the context of that, why do you think that they're assholes? 
Because you just made th your kids the children of a single parent. Sure. And statistically, children of single parents are way worse off right. than children with couples. Right. Um, and you created that situation for your sure. kid. Now, sure. they go, well, she's a crazy fucking bitch. And I go, well, why did you impregnate her then? Right. Like, when a couple breaks up without kids, it's a totally different sure, story. Sure, the, 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 They have not asked, the children have not asked to be here. You brought them here and you put them under the circumstance. And I, I say this about Louis C.K. sometimes, mm. you know, and Kevin Hart. They both brag about their divorce. Right. And their attitude was, you know, it just didn't work out. And I, and I go, people go to fucking boot camp. Like, people move... Immigrants come here and yeah. learn English right. and get a shitty job right and their kids go to college They drive a fucking taxi all day. You can't have a bad year Well, here's here's what I think that is when you look at Kevin Hart and you look at Louis CK What you're talking about is fame gives them options right. that they wouldn't normally have And so this is not really about it not working out or not It's a it's about them not wanting it to work out so that they can upgrade and that's really in the context of what's happening with that. If you look at Kevin Hart's first wife and you look at his wife now, it, like she's, um, uh, you know. Tracy Morgan too. Yeah, and, and, and Tracy Morgan is a fucking douche. He's a douchebag. <laughs> I booked Tracy, when I was stripping, I used to book him to, to, do, to open for the strip shows that I would, I would produce strip shows. And Tracy used to come and get um, milk Similac money to come when he didn't have money to feed his kids. He would come to my show and go, can I do some comedy? And I'd give him $35, 50 bucks so that he could, you know. But Tracy doesn't remember that now because he's worth a few million dollars. All of a sudden, everything that he says is right. But that's, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Okay. Um, um, but what I think what's interesting is the part that maybe I'm not alluding to is your credibility as a man prior to this cheating prior to uh, any problems, prior to her testing you, prior to her being emotionally crazy, you have to be, you have to listen to your woman. You have to understand what her needs are. You have to understand what her insecurities are. You have to understand how to strengthen her. And even, even if you're in a relationship and you're not married, my thing is always to bring a girl up, to always make her better than she was before hmm. to to anticipate you know I say you you have to be the farmer now I don't believe farmers grow anything farmers create an environment that the potential of divinity can be released gotcha. so you put the seeds in the ground that divinity that that potential of growth is there but if you sit up you sit seeds on this table there's no growth but when you put them in the soil, under sunlight, under the right amount of water, then there's growth that happens. And so I think sometimes I sound so harsh, but what I've never been with a girl that hasn't been happy being with me because I am able to anticipate what those needs are before she's even conceptualized them in her own in her own head. Right. So you know, even even sexually, even sexually, where we you're talking about. Okay, I can see that a woman maybe she's a little prudish and maybe she she wants to be explore some things that she doesn't be, but because she's afraid of what I might I make her feel as though she can do that. Right. You know? Um uh intellectually, you you kind of know where your woman is intellectually and you can you can push her in a direction that you you could see that she wants to go and there's a fear there for your support helps her cultivate that so she's a better her um 
you know, you talk about taking the kids to, you know, you could tell when your woman is, is, is needs the help. Uh, my, my ex-wife, she was going for her master's degree. And um, honestly, she wasn't really that bright. <laughs> um, but she had went through her bachelor's, she did an associate's degree, and I helped her write papers. I helped her explain stuff. The stuff, it even, you know, and I'm not a brilliant dude, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a pragmatic dude. The way I can read the material, understand what it is, and and then teach it. I mean, it's always been kind of my gift. And so I helped her through with her associate's degree, and then she got her bachelor's degree. It wasn't until she 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 had an edu- uh, a master's degree in education, special ed education. It wasn't until she got later in the, her master's degree where it was so specific that I really couldn't help her. But by then, she was already. The plane was already off the runway. Gotcha. But I pushed her to do that. In fact, when I met her, she was a stripper at the club that I was pimping girls out of. Cheetah. And she And she wanted to be with me. And I said, well, you have a daughter. You're 23 years old. You have a daughter. What are you bringing to the table? And she quit stripping, got a job, enrolled in school, and came to me and said, I've quit stripping. Um, I'm working at this department store. I'm going to school, and I want you back. And I was like, well, if somebody can change their life like that for me to say, well, this is this is the direction I'm going. I haven't achieved it. That's why I married her. So you took on a nine-year-old girl when you married her. Well, uh, I think she, she was about 10 years younger than me. I was about 33. She was 23, 24, like that. And she had a daughter. She had a two-year-old daughter that she was a horrible mother to. And... And I remember her say, even saying, I'm not going to be one of those mothers who doesn't have a life. I go, no, you are. You're going to take care of her first before anything. And then whatever's left over, we will have fun with that time. Right. And we'll probably include her in the time that we have. So you, this is a lifetime commitment that you've made here, which later on I found out she had the kid to keep her prior boyfriend before me. Oy vey. So what a mess. Um, but I mean, she's a, she's a she's a teacher now. She's a great special ed teacher. Why, why did your marriage fall apart? Well, um, here's a principle that I learned much later. Um, sometimes you can be so independent that uh, independence is great because it shows a sense of alpha male kind of masculinity. But too much independent. If a woman doesn't feel intricately a part of her of part of your life then she'll eventually feel distant and then she'll leave. Oh. And so I was I had started doing comedy and initially when I first started doing comedy I used to say, Oh, is this funny? Is this funny? But then it got where I was so proficient like, why would I be asking a special ed teacher what's funny? <laughs> I just she, she just wasn't equipped to tell me what was funny because I started evolving. And she used to come to my shows and stuff like that and, and then all of a sudden she didn't want to come to the shows. And I was like, okay, you don't want to come. You don't have to come. I get it. If, I would never make you do something you don't want to do. And then it was our lives became so separate. Um, and I didn't include her in my life. Now, what I realize now is even if I had faked it, even if I had found things to do in the context of my life, we would probably have still been together. But I didn't. I thought... Being a husband and being an understanding husband, well, this is what you want to do, then go do it. If this is, you don't want to do that, you don't want to cook, that's fine. I'll I'll bring takeout or I'll I'll cook. Well, so I think you can be, 
you you have to make your marriage and your relationship uh, a project that you both are invested in. Would you spend Saturdays together? Uh, sure. We did a lot of things together as a family. But in the context of my life, where my life was going comedy and acting and stuff, she just wasn't a part of it. And she felt more and more like she was less a part of my life because that became the focus of my life. I mean, I had a day job, but that was the focus of my life, and she didn't feel a part of that. And then she started doing her own things, like she was taking dance classes and doing stuff like that. And then our lives just kind of went in separate ways. But it was my fault because I was so independent. I was just so used to being independent that I just didn't include her. And it wasn't like she asked to be included. It just I didn't make her feel as though she was necessary in my life. I see, because you're scaring me a bit. My wife's a liberal. She's pro-choice. She's pro-feminist. She hates Fox News, where right. I am every day. Right. I'm getting paranoid here. <laughs> but but I mean, you. I, it sounds to me like you have... You you have your kids and you have and those are, there's got to be yeah that's the exchange a, that's a full time job when we're and and I mean I think you have to make her important in your life I think that's the key to uh, you know it's, it's weird there's a book by uh, uh, Dr Lieberman I forget his first name I think it's Alex Lieberman he is, is get any the book is called get anybody to do anything to get get anybody to do anything and one of the things that Bonds are created not by the things you do for somebody, but what they do for you. Okay. So you'll find this in the pickup art, like pickup artist guys, the creepy pickup artist guys. They'll say, listen, hey, sweetheart, would you mind just keeping an eye on my jacket for a second? And that links them. That's the principle that they're, they're accessing. Ah. So because she's watching your, now she feels an obligation to it and there's a certain level of congruency congruency is always important because whatever we declare ourselves to be our subconscious doesn't want us to be liars so if i'm a person who says yeah i'll watch your jacket now you've given her a job that she should complete it seems really insignificant but it's not it's just no enough. i can see the basis for it look we're running low on time and i, I there's so much i want to get to let's just Let's go through some things okay. that are a man's job and a woman's job. Okay. Should you let a woman drive? Uh, when you say drive a car? Yeah, or? Dr literally drive a car like you're going upstate. Here's the crazy thing about that. There are no specific jobs. I don't believe there's any specific jobs. There are things in the context of being a man. If you feel as though being driving is a man's job then you I need do. To, you need to do that she's in the fast lane cars are passing in the slow lane i feel incapacitated when i'm in the right. passenger seat well then you need to drive but if you can sit in the passenger seat and go listen uh drive me upstate and you can stay in the context of your comfort zone then that's still a man's job because you're doing it in the context of i'm okay with this do you understand what yep. I mean? Which is the which is the difference. Um, here's a, a prime example of this: is um, uh, you could be a guy, you could be a guy who maybe you're not a big guy, and you may feel intimidated because you're not a big guy, right? Um, when you approach women, if that's in your mind. In your, it affects your psyche on a, on a subconscious level. Right, like Roger Ailes says, you are the message. Right, and if you 
don't care about being a big guy or not a big guy, it doesn't matter. Right. So you can have a fat guy who's hugely overweight and he doesn't give a fuck about being fat. He's charismatic and he get he pulls women that are tens and elevens because he's confident in it. But the minute he feels that there's something wrong with him, one of the principles that I say all the time is whatever's broke, fix it. Because it doesn't matter. I mean, we're all broken to a certain extent. We're, none of us are perfect. Um, we it's it's interesting that when you ask somebody, are you perfect? Everybody goes, no, nobody's perfect. That's an impossibility. But then we hold ourselves to the standards of perfection and we hold other people to the standards of perfection. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of a, uh, it's, it's, we understand that there's no perfection, but we hold ourselves to those standards and then we beat up on ourselves for not being perfect. Right. So it's not really the job, it's the mentality. It's the mentality. I have a list in my head of a man puts up the Christmas tree, a woman decorates it. Woman does the grocery shopping, man carries the groceries in from the car. Sure. Woman cooks, does 90% of the cleaning, but men do some cleaning, and everything outdoors, landscaping, right. lawn mowing, right. you know. Man buys the, the plants, right. carries them from the car, woman plants puts them. them in, right. But you're saying none of that matters. All that matters is you see yourself you think as that, the boss. So it absolutely does matter. It matters to you in the context of your relationship, and it matters to her because it is in the context of your relationship. Like when I see a guy in the passenger seat, I usually see him talking about couples therapy soon after that. Right. Well, I mean, I you know when I was pimping, I a lot of times I let girls. I sat in the back and played and let somebody drive and <laughs> and guys would say wow this guy's got chicks driving him around that's awesome you know i mean so i think it's it's there are no rules and 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 there are rules but we create those rules in our head and not that affects our behavior and our intent because we create those rules okay last question are you ever going to settle down get married again and be monogamous i would i would um, You're open to it? I'm open to it, but somebody would have to bring to me what I bring to them. Make me a better person. And if they do make me a better person, then I would I would consider that. Huh. Like a Anthony Cumia is in a similar boat, and he's just given up, and he's got absolutely no... He thinks love is a myth. He's got no interest in anything but young girls but and this very is, temperate. But, you know, what... <laughs> You know, Anthony Camille's got his own issues about whatever, and he's created this reality for himself, and that's what it is, because he is. What's What's interesting is, um, intent is always an interesting, uh, an interesting thing. Is it's uh, what your intent is. A woman can feel your intent. Um, it's funny if you if you if you're ever in, a, in an altercation with somebody and you guy and you I don't know if you've ever been into an altercation oh, where yeah. a guy wants to hurt you and yeah. you feel that this guy wants to hurt you can you. tell it's not a bluff right by the how serious he is and you can see his face muscles he's about to do it and so we read that intent so he has managed to extend his intent from his body to you it's almost like a a beam of of intent that he's beaming at you and you feel it emotionally. Well, one of the principles I do is like, say for instance, if I'm going to I'm going to meet a girl. I'm going to meet a girl. Sometimes I will picture myself having sex with her. Yeah, that's I do that too. And it sends out waves. Taking her from behind and pinning her up against the wall. And then when she goes, oh, Dante, it's great to meet you. And I shake her hand and I go, it's really, 
great to meet you as well. And she's <laughs> like, whoa, what the fuck was that? So that intent is what kind of creates the reality in right. a sense. And so when Anthony goes, ah, this love that doesn't exist, well, he's already... He's already creating. He's already that, given up on yeah, it. It's already creating the intent. He's already creating a situation where he wants this shallowness, and it's probably because he's afraid of losing power and control in the context of loving somebody. Maybe. I mean, my personal bias is I think everyone everyone would be happier in a relationship with kids. Sure, you have your crazy years sure. and you fuck carpet bomb the city with your cock. Right. <laughs> but then eventually the next phase is is more fulfilling and that is married with kids. So, sure, and I we live in a culture that, that that totally trivializes that. You don't you don't you don't become a man until you make sacrifices for somebody else. Right. That's a, that's and a good whatever that is. And I mean sometimes it may not necessarily be family, but there's people that make their life is sacrifice in the context of other people. And bringing people up and and helping and you know I mean what I do just with my podcast is I want a guy who has literally his henpecked and is asking for begging asking for permission and asking for sex and not getting fucked and he's working every day I don't how could that be happy for him and in the context of that him not letting her and her emotional state like I you know I do it I sometimes I say things volatile I mean of course you will understand I say things volatile and it get a rise out of people but I say all women are crazy and what I mean is that all women deal their emotional state controls what their reality is at the moment when you're talking with them and as that emotional state changes their reality changes and so if you deal with them on that context if I you know and you don't find that with men you a man will go look I this is what I want to do and this I don't give a fuck if you like it or not but this is what I'm gonna do but he's aware that the sky is blue he just is going I'm gonna call it purple anyway you know right so there's a difference in that so if you let a woman control the situation and her mood swings control the you're gonna lose you're gonna be out of your mind and so I help guys to understand that instead of being angry so this is this whole there's this whole community I don't know if you've heard of this community called the MGTOW no nope. commits men go their own way it's where guys have decided to no longer engage women at all they're just gonna play video games fuck hookers and go to work every day but it's really out of the fear of the rejection that they get from women. Wow, that is inspiring. Yeah, I, I think the message we want the kids at home to take is <laughs> men and women are different. They're different. Saw we. They're different, right. You're an inspiration, sir. Thank you. You know, half the time I was thinking during this whole conversation is I'm going to fuck my wife tonight. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good, I, I feel like I've helped out. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks.